0: Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Pray. Lord God, we come to you this morning and we are thankful that we can sing that praise and Lord that there will be a day where we will sit around that throne and sing just how glory glory, how much glory you deserve. Lord, it's been a busy week and it's probably fair to say that most of our minds are not here this morning. And so, Lord, we even take this moment to quiet our hearts. Lord, that we would quiet our hearts to hear your voice. That as we hear your word, we might actually hear you speak it into our lives. As we sit around the table, we would be reminded of the sacrifice. Lord God, we ask that you would come into this place this morning and change us. Help us to see the way that you see people. And to do life the way you want us to do it. In your name we pray. Amen. This one of these passages out of Ezekiel thirty four. Ezekiel thirty-four eleven through sixteen. And as I read it, I want you to think about what God is saying and how he is acting in this passage. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I myself will search for the sheep and look after them. As a shepherd looks after his scattered flock when he is with them, so I will look after my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places where they are scattered on a day of clouds and darkness. I will bring them out from the nations and gather them from the countries and I will bring them into their own land. I will pasture them on the mountains of Israel and in the ravines and in the settlements in the land. I will tend them in good pasture and the mountain heights of Israel will be their grazing land. There they will lay down they will lie down in good grazing land and they will feed in rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself tend my sheep and have them lie down, declares the Sovereign Lord. I will search for the lost and bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak, but the sleek and strong I will destroy. I will shepherd the flock with justice. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word as we prepare to sit around the table this morning. Pray, Lord, that I would hide behind your words. Your words would be the ones spoken this morning that we might hear your voice in the midst of them. In your name we pray. Amen. Maybe seated. And all the little guys can run. <laughs> They're kind of antsy today. Oh, and Vicki. <laughs> all the little guys and Vicki gets to run too. couple things I, wa- I didn't mention last week, and I'm going to mention very quickly. Um, March 24th, we are having a membership class. If you're interested or have interest in being a member of Greenfield, that doesn't mean when you go through the class, you don't have to be a member, but if you're interested in understanding what that means, um, we're going to have a class on March 24th, right after second service, 1230 to like 230. Um Rumor has it we're having lunch. I started that rumor, so. <laughs> no, I said, I told about three people, I said, I've said it enough, I think it's going to happen, because otherwise I'm going to get uh, hung. Probably something that you could appreciate, Ken. What bring? Ken yeah. <laughs> Ken said he's going to volunteer to get the pizza for us. No. <laughs> I already know it. Oh, oh, so Ken doesn't want to be members. He is a member, I know, Hunt, he's. The other thing I want to make mention really quick, like, is that in the back, if you're not a part of a Sunday school, or if, this, if you're rather new to us, in the back on either, any of the doors, and then over on the side, there's this welcome packet. And I encourage you to grab one of these. Inside this is a paper that has the eight Sunday school, adult Sunday schools. Um, I want to encourage you to find a Sunday school, a place where you can belong. And I'd love to talk to you about that, if that's something you're interested in, uh, I tell people, you know, you come to church, but the biggest growth area, I think, is when we get into a small group and we can be challenged and challenge other ideas and bounce things back and forth and ask those questions you might not be able to ask here. Um, So I want to encourage you to be a part of that group. Uh, We're not so cool as all the the really big churches, they call them small groups and uh, all those nice, um, crazy ideas. We still call it Sunday school, right? But it does the same thing. It does... It gives us a place where we can find accountability um, and find some encouragement, I hope, and, uh, and really seek God in the midst of that. Uh, so last week we talked a little bit about the, uh, the vision of Greenfield Baptist Church as we move forward. I hope you remember that. Do you remember that? Does anybody remember the scripture we talked about? Oh, perfect. <laughs> I'm going to preach that one again. The Good Samaritan, remember? Yeah, I knew. I knew once I triggered. I had to look too, right? I, that was a, long, a week ago. Was a long time ago. I get it. It's been a long week. But you may remember that the Good Samaritan was this guy who came alongside of someone who was in real big trouble, and he looked through God's eyes. He was able to see that this man on the side of the road was a human being. Someone God loved. And he took action. He didn't walk by and just blow right by that guy, but he stopped. And he put him on his donkey. He bound his wounds. He took him to the inn. You remember that. And then the last thing, remember, that it cost him something. It wasn't cheap. He had to stay overnight and and, uh, bandage the guy up. And then he said, I'm going to pay for what he's here, and then I'll be back. Remember that? I'll be back, and I'll take care of whatever is needed. Well, this week we're going to look at a little different scripture from a little different angle, but I think you're going to find it's a lot of very similar ideas for God's vision for Greenfield Baptist Church. Today we're going to look at it from a different angle. Uh, The scripture we're looking at today is out of Ezekiel, and that scripture is uh, God challenging the leaders of God's people because they quit working. They quit working, and they got lazy. And they, in some ways, stopped doing what God would have them to do. And in the midst of that, God is trying to remind them how they should treat other people. These are leaders of the church. And one of the things that uh, Scripture does a lot of is it talks a lot about sheep, right? Uh, that uh, That was the thing of the day. And so people understood what shepherds did and what sheep farmers did. And so there's a lot of uh, those uh, illustrations in scripture that talk about sheep and sheep farmers and trying to understand. Now we we have sheep, but not really all that many sheep, right? Not it's not like we all have sheep in our. So that's a little bit uh, more challenging. Uh, so right now you have a choice. So you know anybody ever do the alternate books? When I was growing up in uh, school, it, that was like the coolest thing ever, right? Uh, where you had an alternate ending. Go to page 6 if you want to... Uh, 16 or whatever, you know, go to... A different... So you have a choice right now. You can either tune me out for the next 15 minutes because technically this scripture is for the leaders of the church. So technically, the leaders of the church are what God's talking to. Or the alternate ending... And you get to choose. You can go along with me because if you remember, we are all a part of the body of Christ, and we all have responsibilities. And you may remember in Second Peter where it says we are all uh, in the priesthood. So we all are really in the same boat. We may have different responsibilities, but we all. Are, so, so you get to pick. So if you close your eyes and fall asleep, I know what, I know what side you took, right? And if you're sitting next to that person, give them an elbow. The, Help him remember which alternate ending we want, right? So this scripture talks about uh, this relationship that God has with God's people. And he's talking to to God's people and saying, listen, you have missed it. You got lazy. You quit on me. And here's what I expect. Here's what I expect from you. The... uh, isn't that a nice picture? Wouldn't you like to be there? There's no snow. <laughs> Did you notice? <laughs> There's a lot of work. Yeah. Um, that's a nice place. And that's really the uh, illustration that God's using, right? He says, I'm going to go and I'm going to search for my sheep. Do you know that sheep naturally just kind of wander? Sound familiar? Does anybody just kind of wander? Right? Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it, right? I don't know if it's feel it. You know that that hymn. Uh, Sheep are a pretty good illustration for us. (laughs) And God knows it. We tend to wander away. You know what? uh, The scripture talks about the storms of life. Did you hear that? There are storms uh, that busted busted up the uh, flock of sheep. It says uh, they were scattered on a day of clouds and darkness clouds and darkness anybody have any storms of life this week (laughs) yeah I'm not thankfully I'm not the only one right and all you others that didn't raise your hand I get it that's a lot of work we all have storms of life and I'd like to say well I had my storm of life this week and I'm done for the year I got my quota in right but the reality is that those storms of life are a part of who we are. They're a part of our brokenness in our life, and those are challenging. And every day it seems like there's something new and something different. And oh, and God says, "I know there are storms of life that will pull you apart, that will push you into the into the." I want to show you this picture. Oh wait, I want to talk first. I want to. So one thing I think that God desires unity within us. The, the congregation. So there's a storm, but I want to talk about this picture. This is the picture that I want, uh, I want to share. Isn't that how it is when we wander on our own? Do you see how much green is in that picture? Not the vision that God would have us, but we tend to get into the brush and the briars and the brambles, and we get all bird up, and we eat the junk, and the good pasture is not there. And I think quickly we become... Uh, worn out in the midst of trying to find some nourishment, trying to find something good. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's hard to find that good. Uh, I don't know about you, but I, I quit watching the TV for one reason. There ain't much good happening on the TV. And you don't have to pick a side, right? You don't have to pick a side. I don't, I don't really care what side. Just I say stay away from it. There's a lot of that stuff. That just continues to drag us down and pull us down. And before we know it, it's a pretty rough and treacherous place. See, we don't have to live there, though. We don't have to live in that spot. We can still be unified as believers in Christ. And I want to encourage you this morning to begin to think about what unity in Christ looks like. You know, we sat around the table and... As a believer in Christ, you are unified together. We are unified as one, right? And I want you to step outside that just for a moment. I listened to a... Uh, well, I heard a story this week about a woman who was all, all, is fine, perfectly fine with her kids hanging out at the church gym but not interested in coming on Sunday morning. And, and what was said to me was... She is dead set against the church, and I thought, and I I didn't ask the question because I don't know this. I don't even know this person. But I asked myself this question: I wonder what happened to that person to chase them from the church. It's been really on my heart in the last few weeks for those people who have been hurt and wounded by the church. You can call it organized religion. You can call it whatever you like. But people have been wounded. And we can't sit back as a church and say, that wasn't me, so that was somebody else. I'll give you an example. I, w- I listened to this Catholic uh, radio show called The Busted Halo. I know that sounds a little bit weird. It's, uh, it comes out of New York City. It's syndicated. Uh, but they talk about new... Uh, things that are going on in the Catholic Church from a different perspective than you might think. And uh, two weeks ago, they had this conversation about the people who were at, uh, were at the Vatican for the... Uh, they just had that big conference or whatever they called it. And we, we know because we live in the area where people have been hurt. And there were the guy, the, one of the two of the local guys from Erie went to the Vatican and uh, was there. And the Catholic uh, radio station or the radio show said... As a church of believers in Christ, we need to stand with those who have been hurt. It's not just the Catholics' problem. It's our problem. Those people have been hurt and they are human beings and we need to trust and encourage them like God would encourage them. And we need to find some unity in that. I'm not saying we have to believe everything they believe, but boy, if I just push it off as their problem and not the church's problem or believers in Christ's problem, am I helping or am I hurting? Am I beginning to bring unity or am I dividing the church? And I need to work on this. If you guys don't, I will anyway, right? Because I need to work on this. Because it's really easy for me to say, you know, that denomination does, they're messed up. They do it the wrong way. They don't do it like we do it. And we got it all figured out. As a believer in Christ, we're all one. And I wonder if God just shakes his head sometimes at us for the way we treat other people who are believers in Christ. It challenges me as a pastor. It should challenge you as a congregation to think about how we treat other people. Do you realize how many people get wounded so badly by the church that they'll never step foot in it again? They'll never meet our Jesus because they can't get past Something that has happened. And we can be right all we want. But right won't make it better. See, there's a mandate for us. And the mandate is to go into the world and preach the gospel. And that mandate is important. Ephesians 4 talks about unity. It talks about trying to find the unity within the body. Second thing that happens in this passage is that God says, listen, I'm going to take them from the brush and briars and brambles and the garbage and I'm going to bring them back to the nice green grass. Do you know that God gives us His best? Have you thought much about that? That what God has given his people is the best. Here's the challenge. Are you giving God your best? Or are you just giving the leftovers that you might have just thrown away anyway? I know that's a challenging thought because it challenges me too to ask myself, am I giving God my best? Am I giving him the gifts that I have Am I using what he has given me to his glory? Or am I using those for me and then whatever's left I'll try to give God? I believe he's calling us to give others our best. If this offends you, I'm sorry, but I can't get past this point and I made it last week and it's the same. It just stuck. What are you building your castle for? What are you building this pile of stuff for? God has given us those things. Those things are gifts. Those are gifts that He has given us to give to others. And why are we hoarding the things we have? How much money can we make? How many piles can we build? I'm getting ready to move And I find out, and I always have said to myself, we're getting ready to move, you know, 100 yards. (laughs) Uh, That's a long ways, guys. (laughs) And we have always said we've never collected anything. We're not collectors. I I have a few guns, but, I mean, uh, bows, yeah, yeah, stuff, right? (laughs) But, so we have been, we have this method, method. Uh, it's one box in the garbage, one box to the city mission, and one box to go to the new house. That's the plan, right? So, three boxes a week. If we do three boxes a week, we'll be done in 100 years. I don't know. <laughs> That's how it feels. It's not. It's going. It's amazing. We've only been there eight years. You realize how much stuff you collect. And we don't collect anything. That's what I say. <laughs> I keep buying totes. Walmart's got out of them, because I just bought them all, right? I keep filling How do you keep filling totes? I mean, it's like the next tote, the next tote, the next tote. We just keep filling. And we blame it on our kids. that's the one thing we do. <laughs> like it's all our kids' fault. They collect all this stuff. And stuff in itself isn't bad, but I gotta ask you: where's your heart? Are you giving God your best? See, he gave us his best. It wasn't the leftovers. He gave his son, and you know what? I have a whole new appreciation for this verse. Having a grandchild for one week, right? I'll probably never quit talking about that. I haven't even met her yet. Except that I've gotten 8,000 videos and 500 pictures and my camera, my car... Uh, phone is full, and I don't work anymore, I just look at pictures, no. (laughs) The latest one yesterday, 54 seconds of a baby going, (laughs) and it's great, if anybody wants to see it after church, I'll show it to you, right? I should have put it on the thing. It's the best, I don't even understand why I even care, but. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 54 seconds, 50 times, right? I need to meet this kid. God gave his best in Jesus. That speaks volumes. i want to tell you a l- quick story. We're almost out of time, but I want to tell you a quick story about a couple years ago I was walking up to Green Acres and I was out, out and about and all of a sudden, I'm walking, and all of a sudden, the ground explodes. And I had—that's—that's a, that's a grouse for any, any of you don't know. This grouse was uh, had hatched her peeps, and they were like day olds, and they were literally about this big. So I probably must have about stepped on them, because all of a sudden, this camouflage ground exploded. It literally exploded. It was like chaos, and there were probably eight or ten of these little guys, and they were just all over the place. And I don't know if you've ever walked into. Uh, a two-pound birds uh, covey. I don't know if it's a covey or whatever it is. She might be two pounds. Probably not even that. I don't know if you've ever... I I met my match with a two-pound grouse. That female... She stood up and she got up, her back tail's up, her wings are out, and she was coming after me. She did not, all of a sudden it's chaos, right? There's little birds going everywhere, and she is squawking. And she's coming after us. She's like coming at my feet. She doesn't care that she's two pounds and I'm not. She's, and I wonder if, if God doesn't do the same for us. And maybe we ought to be doing the same for others. God gives us his best. The most amazing part is that his plan works. His plan works. He says, I will search for the lost and I'll bring back the strays. I will bind up the injured and strengthen the weak. His plan works. So many times we try so many different things. Thinking we'll make it better, and his plan works. This stuck out to me this week because Jesus is the one who heals our wounds. so I got a the hard question, right? what's your heart look like this morning? Probably. Safe to say that some here feel like their heart has been trampled on. Or that the church has trampled on it. Or those who would call themselves the church. Your heart may be broken this morning. Crushed up, crumbled from a loss, from a relationship that's broken, from sorrow, from pain... From hurtful words. Do you realize how hard hurtful words are to get out of your mind? It may be self inflicted, right? You know the cool part? God doesn't care. He doesn't care. He doesn't care where it came from, He just wants to put it back together. He wants to put our hearts back together. You know, one of the things I do try to do every week is offer the altar a chance to come up, to pray, to cement that idea that we can come in front of God here and lay our burdens at His feet. I offer that for one reason. I have personally experienced it. I have personally experienced being in that pew Broken. Couldn't keep it together. Knowing there was only one way that I would solve the problem. And fighting tooth and nail not to get out of that pew. I knew that that was what I needed and yet I fought it so hard. Why? Because someone would think less of me Someone would think something was up. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. We're all in the same boat. With We all have problems. And so I offer this altar for a reason every week. Because we have struggles. And sometimes the most powerful moment in our life is that moment when we are willing to stand up and step out and give it to God. And there's something about Physically stepping out and giving it to God. And shame on us as a church if we think anything less or different of you, right? If you have a struggle this morning, if you are plagued by something that every week you come and every week I say this and every week you want to get out of that pew and every week you walk out the door and don't do it. I'm going to challenge you this morning. I'm going to challenge you. And I don't care if there's 10 people up here. There are people here who want to pray with you, who want to share in your life and to encourage you. There are broken hearts among us this morning. There are hearts who need to know who Jesus is this morning. And if that's you, I challenge you when we sing, and when we take the offering to come to the altar. To come and lay that down. You don't even have to talk to me. I don't care. My God knows your struggle. You don't want to tell me? That's fine. I don't, it's not a big deal. I offer it because I know it works. I know the power of stepping out in faith. And I challenge you to think about that this morning. Let's pray. Lord God, we do come to you this morning and we are so thankful for your vision for our lives. Lord, we were reminded that you pursue us, that you come after us to make sure that we aren't scattered amongst the the briars and the brush and the woods. You bring us back to the good pastures where we can find rest and find whatever is best. And Lord, you know what's best in our life and you love us so. Lord, I pray this morning for anyone who doesn't know for sure that they have a relationship with You. Sure, they've heard of You. Who hasn't? But they haven't allowed You to work in their life full time. Sure, they they say one, but You haven't taken over anything in their life. And Lord, I pray for those people this morning that You would assure them of their faith. Lord, I pray for those who have a broken heart. Those who have lost uh, something in a relationship and whatever it is, Lord, You know. I don't have to know. I pray for them this morning that they would bring it to the altar and ask for You to heal it. You are the great healer. You have healed our sins. You have taken away the struggles. You have offered eternity What a blessing that is. In your name we pray. Amen.